my boyfriend was holding my hand and the guy like points the gun at us and he pulls me in front of him as like a human shield. We could blame it on another bad season. Welcome into the podcast, another episode of a one-man show. I want to thank you guys all for the support on the last episode. Almost 100,000 views on that episode. And if this episode gets 5,000 likes on my YouTube channel, uh, then we'll tell you why Adelia hasn't been on the podcast. Welcome into the podcast. <laughs> we got Saxone. If you guys watch the vlogs, you'll know her as the... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we got Pearson. We uh, changed up the setup again. We're mm-hmm. trying to figure this out still. How are you guys doing today? Good. I'm excited to be here. I've watched a few of these. So yeah? This is fun. In, in full length? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you think of them? I think they're interesting. I think like you guys speak well and you... Have you ever been on a podcast? Um, I've done like interviews, but not a podcast. Wow. Her first podcast. We're taking her V card on the podcast. Bro, the one man show clapping (laughs) cheeks. So interestingly enough, me and Saxon have known each other for like five years when you were 16 years old. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. Good. Uh, we met back in the day. I kind of just want to jump right into, so you dated this kid Uh, that I knew mm -hmm. didn't go too well. He was kind of a sketch ball. Uh huh naive 16 year old Saxon. let's get straight into relationship advice for the people as a young person dating an mm-hmm. older dude mm-hmm. what advice would you give let's tell the backstory first okay um but like how we met or like what no you don't have to tell that just tell tell him how he fucked you over okay. <laughs> i feel let's like this is a great nitty-gritty. introduction to me on this podcast um we're starting off with the juice we starting off strong hooked, you know yeah. probably the worst moments um of my life <laughs> probably, which is great probably the worst <laughs> uh, definitely the worst um yeah i dated this kid when i was 16 he was 21 um yikes <laughs> fully illegal uh, so yeah um you know it was like sweet at first we had like a good little relationship i thought like he was so great everything was going good and then um i think around like we had been dating for like six months he just started being crazy like Mm -hmm. switched like um i think the moment that like i realized like this was getting bad uh we were driving in my mom's car Mm -hmm. he was driving my mom's car in my mom's car Uh (laughs) (laughs) vroom vroom (laughs) (laughs) and uh he started yelling and i started crying because he was yelling and then he just switched and looked at me and he was like why are you crying, baby? And I was fuck? like, were you not just here the last 45 minutes? And like, he didn't know. Like he, I don't think he. Like bipolar? I don't oh, know. Yeah. I don't know what happened. But then, I, you know, it felt really scary. I had to figure right. out how to what get was, out of that. Wh- why did he switch and what was he yelling at you for? Um, he was yelling at me because I, I told him he was mean because he was being mean. Right. And he didn't like that. And that was the Ooh. fight. Yeah. Um, but it actually took a while from me knowing I wanted to like get out to mm-hmm. me actually getting out. Um, Did it take the guy coming up to you and pointing a gun at you? No, actually, that didn't do it for me. <laughs> oh my god! Wait, nope. tell the story. <laughs> oh my this god! Is good. This okay, is gold. that didn't do it for her. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> nope. I stick by my decisions usually. Yeah. I try. Um, yeah. So me and him were walking out of his apartment, and uh, this guy. Can I, should I say names? I shouldn't say no, names. No, no, no. Okay, no okay. names. Uh, this guy <laughs> no comes names, up. Please. And he's like walking straight towards us. And I was like, oh, this is kind of odd. And then he pulls out a gun from his waistband and like points it at us. And I'm like, oh my God, right? My boyfriend was holding my hand and the guy like points the gun at us and he pulls me in front of him as like a human shield. Your boyfriend my pulled boyfriend you in front of the of guy the with, with the, the gun. gun. I didn't know this man. I had no idea what oh was going God. on. Like I thought maybe we were being robbed. I'm not sure, you know? 
Um, but he knew his name. I thought we were being robbed. So my boyfriend's <laughs> first instinct it was, was your uh-huh. life is unimportant compared to mine. <laughs> yes. And then the That's guy. That's so fucked. I know. I was like, I was shocked. And then the guy that like had the gun, like grabbed our hands and broke it and like pulled me behind him. So the guy with the gun protected, protected me. You. Uh-huh. No like way. he like got me out of the danger. Tell me there wasn't a split second that you were like, I should probably date this guy. Oh, instead. there was for sure. <laughs> like the second he like put me behind the gun, I was like, um, well, this man that I don't know will protect me. Mm-hmm. And my boyfriend will use me as a human shield. So that's fun. So after Jesus. the whole yelling situation, after the gun being pulled, what was the final straw? <laughs> yeah. The final straw. Um, Honestly, I had told him that I wanted to take a break, uh-huh. right? And he just would not leave me alone. Just mm-hmm. would not. Like um like he he really embodied the character from you, the Netflix oh, show. Oh, Joe, so Joe from worse. you. He was actually Joe from <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, uh so like Christmas morning, he like brought my whole family presents. Mm-hmm. And I told him I didn't want to see him for a month, yeah. and he was supposed to go to Seattle. And then he was like blaming the whole whatever. We broke up. Um and then after we broke up, that's when he really started getting crazy. And, like, I caught him watching me sleep outside my window a few times. What the fuck? Wait. I felt so scared. I hated it so much. I was, I did not know what to do. How many times did this happen? Like, a couple. And then after that, he would leave, like, plates of food by the door. Just as, like, a... Like, eaten food? I can watch you. When, yeah, like, eat, like, a plate of eaten food. He didn't even leave you, like, a nice ready-made meal. He just was like, here's was the like, bones from my chicken. Uh-huh. It was, like, a message. Like, you don't know, but I was here. That's psychotic. Yeah, yeah, and he left me like love letters, but the letters were like, we're going to die in each other's arms. No way. And I had broken up with him and I didn't want that. So it was like, so. Um, and then after that, I found out he had stolen. He stole money from your yeah. safe, your parents' safe. Yeah. Can you so say how much? Here's my question. No, like, we won't say how much. Okay. Thousands of dollars. Lots yeah. of money. Because <laughs> um, you're, you're 21 now. Uh-huh. What did you learn from that being 16 clearly completely mm. manipulated as you know a naive right mm. yeah what do, what do you look looking back what did you learn and also how did you get out of the relationship if he was like if you did fear for your life yeah um you know i'm actually really grateful for that experience i think it did shape me like into being who i am and i like who i am so mm-hmm. i'm i am grateful that that happened i think that experience saved me from a lot of other little bad things that would have happened, mm-hmm. like had I not gone through that. Um, so yeah, I am grateful that that happened. And uh, how I got out, um, I read this book called The Gift of Fear. I mm-hmm. think everyone should read it, especially girls. Um, and it talks about like trusting your instincts and things like that. And there was a list on it and it was like 30 things a man does before he kills his wife. What the Oh f- my uh, God. And my legs were on him and I was reading it and uh But you were reading it with him with in him. the room. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, um my uncle had gotten it because he thought it was weird. And uh he had done twenty eight of the thirty things as I'm reading it. What uh, can can you give us a couple I mean outside of the obvious ones we just listed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean just a couple of them were like, um he sees him he like when somebody does something bad or like there's a villain, he like advocates for them. You know what I mean? Like in a TV show, he'd be mm-hmm. like, "Well, that was a, he's a good guy." Like, he just Dude, it's people. like when I was watching the movie yeah. The Joker, yeah. and the Joker killed the people on the bus. Mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. fuck! Sorry if I spoiled the movie. <laughs> if you guys uh, haven't seen the movie already, that's your fault. Yeah, or the <laughs> subway, wherever it was. Yeah. Someone in the fucking movie theaters started clapping. Yeah, it's like it's that. Like, yeah. Dude, you just applauded a murder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like what? Yeah. yeah. Um, another thing is like he sees he sees you as an object. So like once we were fighting, he was like, like I love you, Saxon. You're my million dollar gold brick. 
that's very sweet, but you're saying you own me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like things like that. Um, but it's, it's hard sometimes like in the book, it even said like, you shouldn't get a restraining order. I went to file one. Mm-hmm. Um, but that can sometimes make the guy like go even more crazy. Right. Cause he thought he was controlling you. And if you try to control him with a restraining order, that's when it's like, so how did you get out and not fear for your life is what my question Actually, is. Actually, stealing the money is what helped me. Okay. Um, I'm so grateful he did that because that is what, like, scared him away. And, like, like, yeah. How did your parents not get involved? Did you just not tell them? No, they did. They got involved. My dad was in Texas. Okay. Um, my dad, like, works, and uh, he's always gone during, like, tax season. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, my mom didn't know what to do. Right. Uh, my dad wasn't there, so it was just kind of like a, I... They helped me, mm-hmm. but I needed to like fix it. Have you had a moment in like an interaction or encounter with him since all that shit? Or is he like pretty kept pretty out of your life? Um, so we got the money back yeah. and uh, his dad and him and me and my dad like sat down and he gave us like the cashier's check. And then after that, he like thought we were going to get back together or something. <laughs> and I was like, no, I broke up with you before I even knew that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I saw him. I saw him not for years i saw him at like coachella or something mm-hmm. what was that interaction like it was just kind of like a I, it just you just feel so strange yeah because mm-hmm. like i don't have any like emotions towards you like i don't it took me a long time to like forgive him but right. i have forgiven him um which so, i don't know what why yeah <laughs> well because it's like <laughs> for real <laughs> my dad gave me this definition of forgiveness that really helped and it was like you're giving up your right for justice you know what I mean? Because I think when you say, like, I forgive you, you're saying, like, it's fine. You're not saying it's fine. You're saying I'm giving up my right to, like, pursue justice. Okay. So I'm not going to, like, try and hurt you. And not it's fine, but, like, I give that up. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, I don't know what you mean, but okay. I'm, I'm really trying to break no. that down. Do you do you understand? I, I I understand what your dad's saying. I completely disagree. I blatantly me. disagree. What do you think? I, I and I know like your dad's such a nice dude. Yeah. Um, but I, I think and this is my definition of forgiveness is I can let it go so I can live my life because right. for you know, hate is just the deepest poison that you can hold on to. Yeah. I know it because there's still things and some people that I deeply dislike in my life and it it's more toxic to me because they're not fucking thinking about me right in my life. So the act of forgiveness Mm -hmm. of letting go allows you to move on. Yes. But I never ever forget it Yeah. because that allows me to be the, you know, a fooled man can't get fooled again. The whole right. <laughs> George Bush. Fool me twice. <laughs> fool, me, fool me once. Shame, sh- on, shame you. on you. Fool, fool me twice. twice. Uh, fool, a fool man can't get fooled again. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> the the first fooling is, you know, that's their fault. Mm-hmm. The second time I get fooled, that's my fault. Yeah. Right? So I never forget it because I don't want to go back into that. Mm-hmm. And I think I think there's a there's a really powerful lesson inside of it as far as especially young girls, but I've also, as a young man, I was in a couple of abusive relationships and mm-hmm. emotionally abusive. And I, I know uh, a, a buddy of mine who's a big dude who's in a, an emotionally and physically abusive relationship. Jesus. And, you know, the big thing with abuse is it, it's, a, it's a pattern. It's a cyclical yeah. thing. And you have to break the pattern. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you go right back into it. And I think if you guys are watching and you're in an some sort of abusive relationship whether it's Mm -hmm. dating or in a familial relationship or just friends 
uh, you do have to do the most painful part of that, which is break the pattern. Yes. It's painful for you. It's painful for them. You'll get a lot of threats. You'll get a lot of like abuse. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, long term, that forgiveness, allowing them to be free, but never forgetting so you don't go back into that pattern is the most healthy thing you can do. How do you right. get out of something like that if you have no choice? Say you live, your parents are abusive. Say mm -hmm. your siblings are abusive and you're a teenager, you know? How yeah. do you get out of that situation? I mean, each one of those is different. Mm -hmm. I have a good buddy who his parents were extremely physically and emotionally abusive. Mm -hmm. And he couldn't get out till he was 18. Mm -hmm. I, I personally don't know what the laws are in those situations. I know as a child, you can go to the, uh, was it Child Protective Services? CPS. Right. Uh, you can go there and say, I'm in fear of my life. The scary part about that is if they don't see the fear yeah. for you mm -hmm. and your parents prove them wrong, you go back into the home and you get abused even harder. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's a really scary technical situation that you have to like show proof and maybe film yourself getting abused or something yeah. like that. Um, and really, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's a tough one. I don't want to overstep my bounds. Yeah. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Well, talking about that, you, you said your dad goes to Texas mm -hmm. during tax season. Mm -hmm. You're from Texas. Yeah. I'm from Dallas. So you moved out here to pursue acting. Yeah. I did. And what was that like being, cause it was, you were more of a child. I was 12. 12. Yeah. yeah. So you were a child actor essentially. Mm -hmm. What was that life like? Um, acting as a kid when kids are supposed to be outside playing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was different, definitely different. Um, so when I was 12, I booked a lead in a Fox pilot, mm -hmm. which was like the biggest thing ever. I was so excited. Um, and the pilot didn't get picked back up. So I went back to Texas and went back to middle school, right? So I'd come from like being a lead in a TV show to like having to ask to go to the restroom. Basically, all right, school. and all those of you that are listening that don't understand what that means, a pilot is the first episode, episode yeah. which they shoot and then they pitch it to a network right. and the network either buys the show or never doesn't, doesn't yeah. happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, you think like everything's going amazing, all my dreams are coming mm -hmm. true, and then it just doesn't. Yeah. Um, and I was like 12 when that happened, went back to middle school. And I remember the first day that I was like back in my math class, uh, the teacher just like screamed at me. And she was like, Saxon, you can't act like that, blah, 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 blah. And I hadn't said anything. And like me coming from a work mindset, like I had been around adults for the last like months. Mm -hmm. I like went up to her after class and I was like, hey, if I offended you, like that was not my intention. I don't understand. She was like, Saxon, I just had to make an example out of you. Like everyone's looking at you because you came back from LA. Like this is going to happen. And I remember what? being like, I can't respect you anymore like it was it's hard it's a hard transition to go from like working and having a job and like responsibilities and also people like valuing your opinion and respecting you to like have not you know so even at a young age at 12 years old people started to treat you different because you went to LA yeah like not even isn't that interesting I feel like we've all had those instances I've talked about it on here about people just look at you different and like they like make a mm. mockery of you. Yeah. They're like, Ooh, Mr. Famous. Remember me when you're famous. Mm. Like don't, or don't forget me when you're famous, all that stuff. Mm. Why do you think people do that? Uh, I think they don't understand it. Or I think they're, they're scared of going after what they want. Mm -hmm. So they dislike that you are. Yeah. You know, what do you think? Do you think it's more open now that, you know, social media is, and acting like mm -hmm. these are possibilities you know if you're listening 
or you're watching, there's a reason you're watching. You see that it's possible. You see all these YouTubers out here. Do you think it's more accepting in the, in the upcoming generations to, if someone were to say, I want to be an actor, mm-hmm. I want to be a TikToker, I want to be a YouTuber, I want to be a musician. Do you think it's more open or do you still th- think that generation, like your brother, for example, mm-hmm. he's what, 14? Yeah. And he's doing YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. If he wasn't in an LA, do you think that he would be doing that? You know what I'm saying? Or would he be getting backlash and hate from his peers? Mm-hmm. I think I think it's definitely more open now. Mm-hmm. People are more accepting and like consider it to be a real possibility. Even with like the way TikTok's set up. Like you can get a viral TikTok and not have any followers. Right. You know what I mean? So it does feel more realistic. Um, I don't think if Sawyer was back in Texas, he would be doing YouTube as much. Do you think um, you've influenced him to do it or what has influenced him to want to be a YouTuber? Because 14, like I was like still trying to figure out how to shave my balls. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I was still waiting for the hair to grow yeah. in. <laughs> um, I think, I think, you know, I'm an actress and my little sister's an actress. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of like grew up with that. And then um, he wanted to do acting. But uh, again, acting is like contract work. You can't control when you work as an actor right um and as a youtuber like something i really respect about social media is if you work hard at it like it's gonna pay off right you know what i mean like you're gonna see the benefits of like what you're doing um so i think that's why sawyer started to like pursue youtube and also like um i dated jake and brighton dated ben and like the guys he was around were like and the guys that he was looking up to were youtubers it's oh go ahead you go ahead i was gonna ask do you think like even in texas still not based on the environment that he's around, like on his influences. Mm -hmm. But do you think there'd still be maybe in the Midwest or like smaller cities, that there's still a stigma around social media work, quote unquote? Yes. And I think there's also, at least where I'm from, like, you know, Texas, the country, uh, there's a stigma around just moving to Los Angeles, like just L.A., and Hollywood fucking liberals. Yeah. Like, they see them <laughs> You're in a bubble. You don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like even when uh, we go back for Thanksgiving, my mom always tries to like acquiesce and be like, Hey, we're still like Christian. We're still doing yeah. good. I'm always like, isn't that interesting? What do you mean? Like, I why mean, wouldn't we be? I feel like that's a very common thing from a Christian Catholic. A lot of people mm-hmm. in Ohio, same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. LA is the city of sin. Yes. Like it, drugs, alcohol, <laughs> sex, Yeah. you know, like liberals, like, mm-hmm. It's so crazy. A lot of people that I know have this perception of L.A. And so does the outside world that it's such a terrible place. Right. Mm-hmm. Fuck L.A. L.A. is fake as fuck. Mm-hmm. Everybody's fake. True. A lot yeah. of fucking fake people here. Not gonna lie. I wrote <laughs> a song not about wrong. <laughs> Probably very true. <laughs> um, but also a lot of those people that are saying that haven't been here. Like my yeah. brother had that, you know, that outside perception of what L.A. was. And then he came here and he's like, bro, this is fucking fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, your life's fun. You do fun shit. Like the food's amazing. All this stuff. Like mm-hmm. such yeah. a cool environment. It's so much different. You never feel like you're working here, mm-hmm. which I think a lot like it's like a don't knock until you try it. Yeah. You know, I mean, not like with drugs and shit, but like, <laughs> <laughs> I um, mean, even then. <laughs> well, it's interesting. What's interesting about your brother, too, is. His fun, his like, hey, let's play basketball. Hey, let's play football mm-hmm. is, hey, let's make YouTube videos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not work to him. Mm-mm. And he's such a like a young age. And I, that's what I respect about all these TikTokers is they're like 16, 17. It reminds me of my younger self when I was like, mm-hmm. yo, let's make a video. Yo, mm-hmm. let's make a video. <laughs> yeah. Like that was fun. Yeah. And then it becomes a job and it's like, oh, I got to make a video. Like, but if we continue to have that mindset, even if it, whatever it is you're doing in life, if it's like, yo, it's like. 
let's cut grass today. Let's, you know, let's make cakes today. Whatever it is that your job is, if you have that mentality that you had going in, why do you think it is that we, we fall in love with things and then when they become a job, why do we start to hate them? Freedom. I don't think people like being forced to do anything. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. Like you can love something. I love acting. Like I love it. But like even me sometimes when it's like, oh, this is, I have to do this audition again and again and again and again you know what i mean then it takes the creativity out of it and it takes the like freedom and then that makes it not fun what do you think um yeah i mean i think until something becomes a job like it's like oh i want to make a video when i want to make a video there's no requirement right and then you feel once you build the fan base and you get this added pressure of like oh fuck i have to put out three videos a week or people are tweeting at me Mm. yo where the fuck's the vlog like (laughs) this this, and that i want to talk about something too because i just saw this so youtube tv obviously not a lot i don't know if a lot of people have cable anymore right Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of big you know hulu tv i don't know anybody our age that has cable right Mm -hmm. i never in my life have had cable and i still don't have tv to this day but i saw today youtube tv jacked up their price to 65 dollars a month it was 50 and when it first started it was 35 it's the most expensive cable tv alternative here's my question maybe pearson you can answer this more why is it that netflix can start off at seven bucks a month Mm -hmm. and then triple and people have no problem with it but I always go back to this argument and it's like, I'm not complaining, but creators upload for free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people have such a hard time paying. paying. Yeah. Why do you think that they're so willing to triple their price on Netflix? How, how is it, how is it that you can build a demand for something mm-hmm. and then exponentially increase the price on it and keep the people? It's like an addiction almost. Yeah. It's like, Hey, here's some drugs yeah. for five bucks. Yeah keep taking them for five and it's like, Ooh, you're hooked on the drugs. 10 bucks now. It's like, okay, I'll do anything for the drugs. Mm. Right. How is it that YouTube hasn't created a system where it's like, okay, like here's how you can, how do we change the, the, the framework and the mentality of like the audience of the audience to like understand that I make videos and many people make videos. I'm not complaining. I don't make shit off of YouTube AdSense. That's not yeah. where the money comes from. It comes from the brand deals. Right. But like you said, you can't always rely on brand deals. Mm-hmm. How do you train the audience to be like, oh, okay, this dude works for pretty much fucking free mm-hmm. every single week. How do I support him and not make it seem like, oh, he doesn't need it? You know? <laughs> I mean, it's hard. It, 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 it all comes down to supply and demand. Um, and I think, I don't know if, and we talked about this loosely, but I don't know if, the social media audience is ever actually going to change from understanding that we can get it from free anywhere else. So why would I pay to watch you? Mm. Whereas the studio system has trained for the last hundred years of you're going to pay somewhat of a premium to get our product, Mm. even if they start out small and you said it perfectly. They started within a small addiction where they're only covering their costs. And then as time goes on, then they make more and more money raised by a dollar, $2, $3 and just keep going up. Mm. Um, but why is it too that YouTube, YouTube is built on creators creating for free mm-hmm. and then they've created this huge fucking business. So YouTube takes, obviously they give you the platform. Mm-hmm. YouTube takes 50% of the revenue. 50? Uh, 50%. So if I make a hundred yeah. bucks, YouTube makes a hundred bucks. Mm. Um, why is it that YouTube can sit here and charge $65 for their YouTube TV? And none of the creators are seeing that money. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? And so like a lot of these guys, the only way you can really make YouTube AdSense money is if you have a 10 minute video 
in a million views. Like yeah. those, so if you see like the Shane Dawson's, the Mr. Beast, those guys mm-hmm. are making like 40,000 to $50,000 a video. Wow. Wow. But so is YouTube. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then they're also getting their $50 a month for the YouTube TV, yeah. their $10 a month for the YouTube premium. That's interesting. I but know they're that, built off the creator. Like if if, yeah. if Shane Dawson didn't make videos, if Mr. Beast didn't make videos, if Logan Paul didn't make videos, would like people if, come to if YouTube? We all stop. If yeah, if, then what's what's YouTube have to offer? Nothing. So they have a bunch of fucking free employ they have free employees. Yeah. They have essentially. Yeah. What are you gonna say? Uh yeah, that was the whole fear with like actors starting social media in the mm-hmm. beginning. Like my agents told me to delete my social media. Which for is like years. You know, a similar story. Yeah. yeah. But that was the whole fear. It's like, how are we going to get them to pay to go see you in a movie if they're seeing you online for free? Mm-hmm. We, we can't do that. Which doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but that was the whole like theory behind it. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know what I was going to say. Uh, why, well, did th- you, why did you make that transition to want to do social media? Because you're in our vlogs. You're in mm-hmm. your brother's vlogs. You make your own YouTube videos. You're mm-hmm. active on TikTok. Yeah. I just started doing social media. Um what really got me thinking about it was um, I had this audition for a part that I wanted. And uh, this whole time I haven't been doing social media mm. so that I can be taken seriously as like a respectable actress. And then they're like, hey, uh, we're not auditioning anyone with under a million followers. It's what? trash. <laughs> like Damn. you just, this whole time, you know what I mean? Um, they let me audition and I booked it and it was freakish and that was great. But like still it was like, oh, okay, so now there's this whole, there's been a switch. Like you say, like Kevin Hart and The Rock and like, Will Smith. Everyone's doing it. Yeah. I think it's such a, it's a good learning point. I and mean, we've talked about this a lot because somebody harped on you. Uh-huh. A mutual friend of ours got on Saxon for posting vlogs and mm. posting more YouTube content and posting mm. long form content. And I called the kid out. <laughs> he's, he's a sweet kid. Very funny. Uh, but ultimately I was just like, look, you're, Everybody that has social media, unless you're Timmy Chalamet and you got lucky and your dad's like, you know, the beast of a beast and you're a beast as well, mm-hmm. you're not, we're not, we don't have those opportunities. Mm-hmm. We have no ways into the industry. So we've got to leverage every possible opportunity that we have. On top of that, we've got now the pressure of the media that's pushing on us mm-hmm. to be like, hey, brick and mortar now wants the social media vibes. Mm-hmm. But when somebody comes up from that's like from the brick and mortar mindset and goes, that's trash. You're like, you're watering down the industry by doing that. You're putting yourself too much out there. It's, it looks disgusting. It's cringy. And it's like, hold on. Sorry a second. Um, who are you? Mm-hmm. Like, so you're telling me that the Will Smith, the, the rock, the Kevin Hart's of the world, fucking Chelsea Handler, anybody, Jack Black, and now freaking Oscar winner. Mm-hmm. multi-Oscar nominated Anthony Hopkins mm-hmm. creates a TikTok and you're telling me that your opinion matters over the mm-hmm. A-list of the A-list. It's interesting because yeah. it, it, the yeah. the actor world was so anti-social media. Why is it that, mm-hmm. why do you think that is? Why Why is the traditional people like say, like even my brother, he's at that generation where he just is like, fuck social media, it's fucking stupid. It, it is mm-hmm. toxic. I'll, I'll admit that. Social mm-hmm. media is fucking toxic, bro. Um, but it's also, there's also good things about it. And it's mm-hmm. like, if you don't go on your YouTube or you don't get on the TikTok, mm-hmm. someone else is, mm-hmm. yeah. and they're going to fucking take your spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, if they're not doing auditions, unless you have a million followers, it's like, yeah, that's not as much of a thing. I think now it mm-hmm. definitely went through like when YouTube was making their YouTube originals and, uh, 
these people were like social media was a bit i was going on a lot of auditions just because i had a following yeah mm -hmm. and now that doesn't happen as much i don't think i don't think you two like i don't think following matters that much at least i don't see it it's um, not as much yeah it still matters though for mm -hmm. sure yeah but it was definitely a, a wave where it, oh, it yeah. really fucking mattered bro i couldn't get into the room because i i remember there was one time they're like 100k followers or more this is like in the inception of instagram and everything else mm. and i was like I, I got like 10 i don't know how i'm supposed to keep up but that i don't yeah i mean the wave itself is like Again, it's not dying. It's only just, it's just changing and shifting. Mm -hmm. Why is it so hard? I think we've talked about this before. Why do you think it's so hard, Saxon, for someone like me who is a social media guy? Mm -hmm. You know, I started on Instagram, YouTube. Why is it so hard for me to go be an actor or be a musician without the stigma of, oh, he's a YouTuber? Because when people listen to my music, there's always that line of, oh, this is a really good song, mm -hmm. dot, 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 for a YouTuber. You know what I'm saying? Why is it that it's so easy and so welcoming for Kevin Hart and The Rock to become YouTubers, mm -hmm. but for a YouTuber to become an actor, it's like, oh, he's a YouTuber. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Sean Mendez came from Vine. Like, there's been big people that, like, mm -hmm. come from social media. Justin Bieber so, so did Bozzy. came from YouTube. So did Bozzy. But I think, interestingly with them, is they disappeared. Super quick. And then they became mainstream celebrity. Why is that? The pullback from social media. Troy Sivan was also a YouTuber. I think it's because, and this isn't fair, and like YouTube, I feel like the more I'm doing it, the more I respect it. But I think it's because they feel like if your song gets 100,000 views, you're getting that from YouTube, not from your song being good. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even though that's not fair and you could earn those views as a musician right now, but because you've worked hard and you already have this built-in fan base, they feel like you didn't. That's my yeah. It's take well, like it. why can't you be both? You know what I'm saying? Why can't mm -hmm. why can't I be a YouTuber and make music? You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, but, I, it's interesting because I'm coming out with a song that a mm -hmm. lot of people in the music industry told me don't release that song, and I'm like, hmm. I'm doing pretty good. I've done pretty good with my life mm -hmm. by listening to me, mm -hmm. listening good, yeah. listening to my gut. So I I'm I'm deciding fuck it, bro. I'm gonna release my song. Yeah. I don't care if you tell me not to release it. If it fails, then fuck. You were right. But if I don't release it, then I'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> that mindset right there, what you just talked about, is like, I have to know me. And this is what I try to encourage so many friends on is like, you obviously pay attention to your mentors. Obviously, listen when people that are bigger in the industry that you want to be in are saying something, you know, for or against what you're trying to do. Right. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, ultimately, that final decision always comes down to you and a lot of times every time well not every time a lot of times I've gotten advice and it's split down the middle very very evenly most of these like bigger bigger decisions mm -hmm. and I always have to make my own decision and anytime I make my decision and it's not something that's like kind of my decision I always am so much happier right and it works out really well mm -hmm. me doing this Kevin Hart project I had turned down a huge project just before that and my team got into a huge fight and there was, it was split down the middle. People were about to get fired. There was a big, there was a big argument that mm -hmm. happened. But at the end of the day, I was like, Hey, sorry guys, you guys are being pricks. This is about me, not about your fucking ego. Yeah. And ultimately I have to make the decision. So I went off and wrote down my pros and cons, which is what you're doing right now. Mm -hmm. And you have to make the same decision of like, 
this is for me, this is what I've done. And this is this mindset is what distinguishes people that are followers versus leaders. Mm -hmm. Also, I have to take my own advice. There was a, a girl posted something really funny on her IG story. I said, yeah, I replied. I said, yo, you should post this to TikTok. This is hilarious. And she goes, yeah, but it probably won't get any views. And I replied, it'll get more views on TikTok than in your camera roll. And it's like, <laughs> nice. That was good. Like people like hesitate on posting shit because they don't think it'll do well. Yeah. But like, just take that chance and that opportunity and post. Oh, people always ask like, what's your advice for a YouTuber? Fucking post, mm -hmm. you know, like who cares if it's not good enough, you'll get better. Don't like, it's better to post something than to post nothing at all. But that's brave. Mm -hmm. Like it's brave to put yourself out there like that. You know, mm -hmm. I, I feel insecure posting. I don't know what I'm supposed to post. Like I feel insecure people really getting to like know me, you know, and not hiding behind like a character. Right. What you're talking about, like that is a quality that some people just don't have. You know what, what I mean? Yeah. And like whatever, what I respect about both of you, I see it more with Pearson, obviously, because I live with them is mm -hmm. he's put his actor ego aside mm -hmm. and he's like willing to make YouTube videos. He's willing yeah. to be in my vlogs. He's willing to sit down and do other podcasts. You're saying same thing mm. when other mainstream peers of you in the main or in the traditional space are like, Oh, so you're a YouTuber now Pearson. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it, see what I'm saying? It's, it's that connotation of talking down. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm an actor. Oh, Oh Pearson, you're a YouTuber now. Yeah. And it's like, no bitch. I'm fucking trying to, make myself worth more i'm making you know? an yeah. empire while you're sitting there making a single single idea mm -hmm. trying to happen well and it's not fair because i do feel like youtubers and people in social media work for what they have and sometimes actors just get lucky they just yeah. look right right you know what i mean and how how can we say that that's more respectable you know what i mean yeah. I mean, I think that's that argument can be pushed on either side of YouTube and or social media and the acting world. Because yeah. like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It, it's like there's there's a lot of luck in both worlds. Mm -hmm. You get you get the Logan Pauls or the Charlie D'Amelio's who happen to be these random anomalies that happen inside of the space for no reason other than like. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there were people that were maybe more charismatic than Logan or dancers on mm -hmm. TikTok that are better dancers than. Charlie, mm -hmm. but somehow they just hit a vein inside of that world and it blew up. Yeah. Same thing with like actors like Timothy Chalamet or I don't know who else is happen, popping right Noah now. Noah Centino. Noah Centineo, a friend of ours <laughs> for years. And I Noah's one of those interesting cats, such a sweet dude. He's uh, very sweet. And I, if I'm being totally frank, I did not expect him to be the one that blew up this hard out of like all the crew that we ran with. He was very charismatic yeah you know what i mean like he would talk to everyone like if we were going to get starbucks he would talk to everyone in the starbucks yeah. line it was crazy mm -hmm. you know so i i could see that happening just based on his personality mm -hmm. i mean i see pearson's the same way yeah no pearson <laughs> are the same way yeah. um yeah go no, on I, don't know what I, was <laughs> I forgot he's charismatic and you saw that happening for him yeah <clears throat> but if you notice like what helped him was to all the boys i've loved before and releasing dick pics. Yeah, <laughs> and, exactly, literally. And then he got those followers, and I think yeah. that carried him as well. You the, know what I mean? The following. Yeah. That's what it is. Not just that movie, yeah. but, like, the fan base he was able to create from it. It's, right. a, it's an know? interesting concept with, like, people, I guess, with the Charlie D'Amelios, the Logans. It's it's almost a keeping up with the Joneses in terms of people. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. you always, like, everyone else likes that. I should like that. You know Definitely. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. 
Um, For sure. It goes into the addiction thing that we talked about of mm-hmm. being addicted to Netflix. It's like, oh, why is everybody talking about Tiger King? I got to check it out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we always want things for ourselves, I guess. Yeah. I'm not that way. Like, I mean, your sister was on Game of Thrones and mm, everyone's harping dead. on Walking how dead. good Game of Thrones is. Walking dead. I watched one episode, <laughs> not, not even one episode. And I was like, this show's not for me. I also, don't like this shit. She wasn't on Game of Thrones. Uh-uh. Walking Dead. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Walking Dead. Same shit, though. That just that wasn't for you? Huge show. I watched it. I'm like, this isn't for me. I'm just yeah. not into this. I'm sorry. And if I'm fucking offending you, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm I don't so have offended. to like Walking Dead. Mm. I like it because there's sisters on it. But you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't like superhero movies. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> that was uh, that was the first conversation we had when we moved in here. Yeah. And uh, almost almost took the lease out of the equation. <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm a very different person because I wasn't raised on TV and movies. Yeah. I was raised on, I had to go outside and play. I didn't have cable. I didn't have SpongeBob. I didn't mm-hmm. have any of these shows. Like, I yeah. don't know any of these Disney people. So I've just never been a TV guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I watched Stranger Things. I loved it. Yeah. But did I love it enough for when to wait a year for season two to come out to go watch it again? No, because I fucking forgot about the show because my life went on. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. The only show that I've watched start to finish is Prison Break. <laughs> that Prison and uh, a Bachelorette. The Bachelorette? The Bachelorette. Me? Yeah. <laughs> I know I just, you're, you're a big fan of reality TV. I just know it. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were bringing up the past drama. <laughs> oh, was there past drama on The Bachelor? That I was involved in, yeah. Oh, were no, you The Bachelor? Were... No, it's just a whole story. We have <laughs> talked about it on the podcast. Oh. Um, no, I don't think we're actually that far off because I grew up on a farm. We didn't have cable or TV or anything else as well. But I do think... I mean, like, yeah, we went out and played. We'd paintball and throw mud clods at each other, and we'd dig <laughs> holes in the backyard and fill it with water, and that was like our entire day of fun. Mm-hmm. And we had literally, we would play with sticks and just beat each other with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the farm. So I don't think we're that far off, but I do think the difference in our mindsets is like, I think I, because I was homeschooled, raised on a farm, and like fairly charismatic Christian, so we we're like slowly isolating ourselves more and more into like a smaller bubble. Um, and, but my, uh, to be fair to my parents, they did a really good job of like engaging us in the world around us, teaching us about life. And we had awesome exchange students that showed us the world. Uh, but at the same also, time, what you just did right there, I had this written in my notes. What? Mm-hmm. Why when we tell, tell stories that are like somewhat negative? No, what you just did was you, you did this, like I, I wrote it down as an Instagram model thing, but I think a lot of people do it when they tell stories. I just wanted to hop on here and do this and do that. Oh, the rhythm. Uh, 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 uh. The staccato. Yeah, like, but is it like. Up and down. You're, I think we're making a list, right? You know, Mental my parents, list. they were good people and they just did this. Why do we do that? I don't know. Is that like a. It's a very common thing, bro. Like, if, guys, if you listen to someone on their IG story telling a story. <laughs> That's the rhythm of it. Dun, 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 dun. It's probably because we're just trying to get to the points so we can get to the yeah, main yeah, stuff, right? right? That's what, I mean, that's my thought. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah. no, I th- honestly, I think it's, it's, it's something about, I don't really want to talk about this mm-hmm. and it's not on my mind. I'm just trying to get through it quick. Yeah. I need so to get can, these points out so yeah, you can exactly. hear it. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much what it is because I don't want people to have the wrong idea about my family right, or anything right. like that. Mm-hmm. Just like what you said about my family. Right, yeah. <laughs> you dick. <laughs> Take that back. Um, no, but like my my worldview was so isolated. So when I saw Star Wars and I saw mm-hmm. Luke Skywalker sitting on the edge of his farm and looking out over the double sun sunset 
and knowing that his potential was to go out and save the galaxy. I saw myself in Luke the same way I saw myself in Superman as a you know comic book nerd. He would sit on his farm and know that he could go save the world. But I saw the opportunity in telling stories, and that's why I became so obsessed with movies. I mean, Tom Cruise watches a movie a day, and I like you watch a YouTube video a day, if oh, not yeah. more. Yeah, it's my job. Like literally, and yeah. that's what we have to remember to do is like we're you know we're creators of our craft, we're mm -hmm. performers inside the craft, and we're always studying. But to me, when I watch a movie or a TV show, I'm not. It's not only therapy. It's not only my religion, but it's also like I'm studying mm. and it's cathartic and i know that for that hour and a half i'm open to the truth that it has to offer in the same way when we tell stories on the vlogs right. or anything else we have people's attention for that little that little moment in time and they get to watch us and we get to invest into their lives what i think is interesting a lot of the world right that consumes content yeah netflix what so they have a job they go mm -hmm. to the job and then their Netflix is their relaxed time, their spend time with their girl, whatever it may be. Why is it, I'm a, I do YouTube, I do music. It's such a different, like no one that's an accountant in my, I mean, I don't know, maybe unless they're completely obsessed, goes home and studies more accounting. You know what I'm saying? No one that's <laughs> no one that works at Dairy Queen goes home and wants to learn how to be better worker at Dairy Queen. Man, the soft serve machine is yeah, sick. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I, I want to make a better blizzard or I want to yeah. make a more creative cake. Why is it, is it an obsession that when I finish my YouTube video, I watch YouTube videos for inspiration? Is it an obsession that I listen to music and you watch movies to study? Yeah. What's the difference between like, yeah, I'm a nurse. Cool. I go to work and I come home and ah, work's over. But for me, work never stops, bro. Yeah. Like I was in the studio till 1am last night. You were writing till two in the morning last night. Yeah. That to me is, is my sitting down and watching Netflix. Mm -hmm. But I do that all day. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Right. Absolutely. Is that toxic? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, I, I love it. I think the people that have the greatest impact in the world are, we all share this kind of mindset is you look at Elon Musk and he's like, Oh yeah. I'm like, I, I don't, I don't sleep. Um, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't sleep very much at all and <laughs> I don't feel good and it's not very productive for my family. But also you notice that he's taking us to Mars and he created the first electric car and took down the gasoline engine and all that kind of stuff. Saxon, how do you feel about like that same concept? Do you feel like there's a balance or do you feel like well, there has to be a drive there? Um, I feel like entertainment, I feel like entertainment. You can sit back, just pull it closer to you. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Uh, entertainment's also a form of escaping. You know what I mean? So I feel like it's easier when you listen to music or we watch TV shows to like not consider it to be work. Like, yes, we're learning and like, yes, we're like picking up on stuff, but it's also a way to relax. You know what I mean? No one relaxes by doing accounting. Right, right. You know? You might be surprised. I know one guy. <laughs> really? <laughs> He's a strange human that <laughs> <Most> loves math. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like that's kind of why it's easier for us to like our lives to be so full of what we do. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's interesting too. I think me living with Pearson, which by the way, guys, we had our first test of roomatehood the other day. Oh my god! It was, what happened? We, we, we built, had such a day yesterday, we, dude. Listen to this fucking day, guys. Oh my god! Like <laughs> I, we wake oh. up, and Pearson, we're like, I'm like, oh, let's go to the gym. Pearson's like, all right, cool. He's sitting there filling up his water bottle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he looks down, and there's a fucking maggot walking on the ground. Yeah, a maggot, yeah. maggot, maggot, maggot. 
And he's like, why is there a maggot in our house? Yeah. And I, he, whatever. He squishes it, whatever. Uh-huh. I'm like, all right, let's go to the gym, bro. So yeah. he's like, all right, I'm going to take out the trash. Opens the trash. Bro. Hundreds of maggots in the oh, trash. It was so oh. disgusting. Literally, I open it up and they're just crawling. And I, as I lift the garbage can lid, because this has happened on the farm where you like, you got to take out the trash to make sure that whatever was the larva inside the trash doesn't reproduce. Ew. Ew, it crawled ew. dozens fell over the edge and Marcus oh fuck no <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Jesus Christ so Pearson takes out the trash and then we're the, we spend the next hour searching sifting the floor finding maggots ew. in our house disgusting disgusting That's disgusting so, so we kill all these maggots disgusting we go to the gym we work out we come back more maggots bro where come out of the framework we like we i took apart the bottom of the fridge we start crawling the floors again we move the couches it it just is nonstop. what's that we took about the The fridge fridge. we did the fucking (laughs) couches it's a listing thing almost yeah yeah okay we figured out why people talk like that (laughs) lists um you're very good at picking up on patterns yeah like mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. <laughs> and the, but Pearson goes so right at the yeah, end. Like yeah. you're yeah. good at that. I just that means I'm paying attention. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Good. Um, good. But that's just like my brain. I'm always like thinking of like editing in my head. So it's like, right. like yeah. a weird thing. I don't know. So then we build the entertainment system for underneath <sighs> our TV, and this is like a true test. Pearson said this is a thing that marriage therapists do. Mm-hmm. They make you build something together to see if you get frustrated with each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, there's nothing worse. It wasn't Ikea, but we'll just call it Ikea. There's nothing worse than building fucking Ikea furniture. <laughs> it's absolute. That is the true test of how much hate you have in your heart. Yes, and patience. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. We spent about an hour, hour and a half building this fucking entertainment system. Very simple looking, by the way. Then we had to yeah. reassemble this receiver for the surround sound. Mm-hmm. Then we had to figure out, oh, the audio wasn't lining up. And then we had to figure out a bunch of shit. Yep. Then the funniest shit ever, bro. So the whole kitchen counter is covered in like shit from my, I was shooting my album art the other day Yeah. and that's why my hair is pink. It won't come out. I don't know why it was supposed to be temporary spray. I have so much shit on the counter and this one bookmark has been sitting there um. for like a week mm-hmm. and it's like, I don't know what it is, but I was like, I grabbed it and I was like, yo, Pearson, is this your fucking bookmark or whatever? Yeah. And he just goes, yeah. And then later he's he, or tell them. Yeah. So Mark goes, is this yours? Like, you know, that thing yeah, that you yeah, do like, to like get somebody up, to get it out of the way. You're yeah. like, fucking take your shit out of here. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, <laughs> and I stare at the counter and I look at Mark and I'm like, we've already had a rough day. This is not the time to bring all this up right now. And I just go, yeah. <laughs> and I take my little piece and I walk away. And then later, what? It was like two or three hours later. I started cleaning up or something. Yeah, I think something happened to where you grab something else that might've been mine and you go, is this? And I go, is the whole fucking countertop yours or what, bro? (laughs) I'm like, if you fucking clap me for one little thing again, I will slap your mouth. (laughs) So yesterday just kind of sucked. I had to clean the trash can out with dish soap. I was in the backyard hosing it down. Oh, then we're building the fucking entertainment system. Adelia swings over. She's like, got these AirPods or whatever. AirPod pros. Keep in mind, we're sitting here building this thing for an hour. Like we're stressed. We're stressed. We're exhausted after right after the gym, having showered. It's like 6 PM. Yeah. I have a zit. You know, when you work out and then like you break out immediately after because you don't shower. Yeah. That started happening. Right. Annoyed me as well. And then we're sitting there building this thing. Clearly we're fucking busy. Yeah. (laughs) And Adelia goes, 
What did she say? She said, I can't I don't, figure out how to put out, yeah, set up my AirPods. How do I set up my AirPods? And I'm like, oh my God. And you just hear it, me from the background. Goes, Google it. <laughs> <laughs> like zero tolerance for this moment that you clearly are not aware of the fact that we are having the most fucking annoyed time <laughs> of right. our lives right now. Regardless, we got the entertainment system built. Mm-hmm. We got the receiver set up. We got everything figured out. The kitchen has never looked cleaner and the the family room looks sick. Probably the cleanest it's Probably ever been. Probably the cleanest. Nice. Yeah, very then nice. I had a buddy come over and we wrote a song and then Pearson had a buddy come over and they wrote whatever. Movies. Porn scripts. <laughs> uh, Pornhub Premium. Um, uh. It was a day. It was a really, really productive day. It was actually shockingly productive. We were nice. just emotionally exhausted. I think we've been emotionally exhausted for like months now. Yeah, yes. we talked about this. It's uh, We had that one party. Yeah. And it was cool. It was refreshing. Like I look mm-hmm. back at the footage and I was like, oh, I was happy in the moment mm-hmm. for yeah. sure. It was really fun. But next day I regretted it. I was like, damn, I feel like I didn't get anything done. Like, yeah. this is, it's weird because we haven't had a, our house. We've lived here for a month and we've changed the podcast setup every week because mm-hmm. we don't know what the fuck to do with this space. Right. Um, the front living room has still has boxes in it. There's boxes on the side of the house. The garage is still covered. We've lived mm-hmm. here for a month. Yeah. But we haven't been able to stop and put enjoy the house it. together. Yeah. yeah. And enjoy it. We haven't enjoyed like I think we all sat down at like it was I started the movie at like twelve thirty. It was interstellar. And we started at like twelve thirty. You were still writing, and like thirty minutes later, you came out, and we all sat down on the couch, and that was the most enjoyment that we've had. And let's talk about this. I was writing till like what two in the morning, yeah, doing music. I had a girl over, bro, yeah, and I'm sitting down to watch the movie, and what do I do? Fall asleep. Fucking pass out. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know like, that. I had a girl yeah. come over, and like ten minutes into the movie, I'm just asleep, and yeah. then I think like twenty thirty minutes later, she taps me, and like I go straight to bed. It's yeah. like. I'm so exhausted. I can't even hook up right now. Aww, <laughs> like, bro, facts. We're we live off yeah. of caffeine yeah. at this point. We're just barely. We're just plugging along. Whatever. We do it to ourselves. We can't complain we about I'm it. I'm proud of y'all. Y'all are working hard. But I want to talk about. I mean, me and Pearson going out of town this weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys will see it in the vlogs. Yeah. yeah. I want to talk attention. about your house because you have an interesting layout at your house. Okay. You have your whole own like house in your house like an apartment in your house basically yeah talk about who used to live in the house that you live in oh um michael jackson's producer one of michael jackson's producers lived in the house yeah i think the studio used to be my room Mm -hmm. um i have a little like fridge and stuff in there Uh, i need like a laundry thing and like an oven and then it'll be an apartment yeah um but yeah michael jackson's producer used to that's did Michael Jackson come over there and record? Yeah, there's pictures of him like in the house. Are That's you serious? Sick. Yeah, like Where? you can see. So you know how um, when you walk in the front door, mm-hmm. there's like to the left those, those couches. Yeah, there's like a bunch of pictures of him over there. There's a bunch of. That's oh. sick. <laughs> so Michael Jackson has been in her room. Yeah. Uh huh. That's cool. There's a basketball court. I knew there. I was yeah. dancing better when I was over yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> Talk yeah. about because you have an interesting. I don't know how you were raised, but the way you live Ooh. now is very unique. Okay. I feel like you, uh, from what I see and going over to your house, you have mm-hmm. a very hands-off parenting. I don't know how it is. Well, I'm also an adult. Yeah, yeah. Now. Right. You know? Most, But most 21-year-olds, like my brother lived at home till fucking like this last year, 20. Mm-hmm. 
27, 28. Mom's still doing his laundry. Yeah. Shit, you know what I'm saying? Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> that would well, scare the shit out of yeah. me. <laughs> I tried to get and out I feel like, I, I mean, 15. dude, a lot of people just don't have the funds to go out and live on their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is it like being 21, living at home, but not like having your own apartment at home? Yeah. I mean, I think it's easier for me because I love my family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to even like start acting like family loyalty was a really big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it did feel kind of backwards because like I skipped fifth grade. I booked the pilot and then I moved out to L.A. when I was 13 with my mom and my sister and my brother. And then my family moved out when I was like 15. Mm-hmm. Like that's when they really moved. So it was a little bit like backwards, you know. Um but yeah, I think uh, I think my parents always really trusted me and I think that made me more responsible because I knew they trusted me, you know, like Why do you think most child actors cuz you haven't gone off the deep end? Why do you think most yet. child actors do? Um Maybe you just haven't gotten there yet, but Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> Is it because your parents do trust you to do stuff? Like I feel like yeah. you make really good decisions. I try. Thank um, you. And a lot of people I feel like are rebellious, right? When they're told they can't do something, they want to do it more. Yeah, I don't think there was anything for me to rebel against. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It was just kind of like, I have to make my life now. Like, I'm going to make it the best that I can. I don't right. want to intentionally cause drama or things that are going to upset me. I kind of feel like I learned that, like, bad things are going to happen, mm-hmm. you know? And you can't control that. So the stuff that I can control, I want to make really good decisions on you know who who are the people because you're the oldest who are the Mm -hmm. people that you saw so mark and i did a lot of this where we watch people make mistakes and Mm -hmm. we just make an internal decision to not make that same mistake yeah brothers and sisters yeah Mm -hmm. who was your figure that you looked up to that you were like "Uh, i won't do that Hmm. um i don't know i don't i don't think there was a specific person i looked up to i think i listened to my parents a lot um, I listened to my mom and like her stories. Hmm. Um, but you know, that also gets to a point where like my mom met my dad when she was my age. So like she doesn't have that much experience with like what I'm trying to do. Oh. Um, I read a lot of books. I, there wasn't like a specific person that I tried to like learn mistakes from. I just tried to learn from like my mistakes, you know? Mm-hmm. What um, is something you feel that you struggle with? Um, I struggle... As a 21-year-old woman in Hollywood, uh-huh. or, you know, whatever there be, personal work. Mm. I think fear of failure is, like, mm-hmm. one of the main things I struggle with. Um, I did get kind of successful really young, and mm-hmm. I think once I had something to lose, I didn't want to lose it, and that made me, like, not do things I should have done. Um, for example? Well, for example, like, working on social media or, like, writing sooner or, like, really you know, being proactive in my career. I didn't really do that until recently. Um, what's So yeah, I struggle with fear of failure. I struggle with, you know, I don't, making money, mm-hmm. I guess. I want to, I have this idea of who I want to be and I'm trying to figure out how to get there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What do you, what do you want to be? Um, I want to be confident. I want to be smart. I want to have the freedom to be able to do whatever I want. Like I want to be able to make whatever movie I want and like get whatever cast I want and like be able to not work. Why don't you have confidence? I mean, all Um, the comments are about how much people love your, mm -hmm. just (laughs) just saying one thing. They're like, (laughs) God, 
Saxon's fucking sexy. Aww. The way she says, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's sweet. But what do you not see in yourself that other people do see in you? Um, I, I think I am confident mm-hmm. in a lot of areas, but I'm not, you know, I think, I think I know I could be better. You know what I'm saying? We talked about this the other night when we had the party. We were outside. You were asking me what makes me happy. Yeah. And I was like, I don't think I'll ever be happy because yeah. I always want to do better mm-hmm. than what I did before. Right. And until, and that's literally, you're setting yourself up to never be happy because mm-hmm. you're always wanting to do better. Right. What do you think for you, what is happiness for you? What is happiness for me? Like, when will I allow myself to be happy? Are you happy? What makes you happy? Do you celebrate the small wins? Uh, I think happiness is a choice. Okay. Um, I think I think you can get, like, momentary happiness from reaching a goal, but I don't think that's true happiness. I think I'm happy because... I mean, you bring good energy around every day. You notice yeah. it in people. We have certain people in our life that they bitch, they moan, they complain about this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. Every time you're over, from what I've seen, mm-hmm. you know... You're in a good mood. You're happy to be here. You're, you love creating. You love the process of everything that we all enjoy. Yeah. How is it that you wake up and how maybe for someone who does wake up on the wrong side of the bed a lot? Every day. How do you, yeah, <laughs> how do you wake up on the right side of the bed every day? Um, and I'm sure you deal with yeah, things I guess on I'm, your own time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think when I, you know, when I went through that stuff with my ex and um, also like a lot of people, I like had some hard times. Um, and I think I realized that, uh, the strongest thing I could do was to try and be happy and try to be like open and loving. Um, cause I definitely went through a phase where I was very like standoffish and like not nice and very, you know, um, not very giving, mm-hmm. you know? And then I kind of decided in my head that like for me to be strong and for like me to like value myself I need to be loving I need to be happy like that's that's the stronger choice than to be upset what made you make that choice of I need to be better was it a book you read was it you know when did you acknowledge like hey I'm not I'm not being the best person I could be um I think I I acknowledged that when I realized no one else was going to make me happy you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and I realized like I I reached some goals that I wanted and I wasn't happy and I was like, I don't want to live my life this way. And also I saw a lot of my friends like intentionally doing things that would cause them pain. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was just kind of like, I feel like accidents happen. Like enough pain is going to happen. Everything I do needs to be to bring joy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So why do you think we do things to ourselves when we know we're doing it to ourselves? You know what I'm saying? Like, why mm-hmm. are we in cause? Why do we like to cause pain on ourselves? I I think, at least when I was younger in my friend group, it was a little bit like they thought that was strong. Like they, they thought that was cool. You know what I mean? Like making bad decisions. And it's like, oh, I'm going through this. Mm-hmm. And to me, like that was a flip in my head. I'm like, that's not strong. You know what I mean? But I don't know. Why do you think people intentionally cause themselves pain? I think, I think that's actually a really solid point is where there's the whole phrase, I don't need no shrink. Mm. you know that's mm. that's a very I, mean, I say that yeah and because that's admitting <laughs> you have a problem right, right. exactly essentially yeah. yeah and people don't want to rather than admit they have a problem and try to seek out somebody that's seeked out help 
you know, they went to college to help you help you. Mm. And uh, rather than doing that, we go, well, I'm strong enough. I can do this on my own. I know what they're going to say. Yeah. I know it. So the fuck what? I know what my friend's going to say when I ask them the same question. Mm -hmm. But we go to somebody else, you know, you and I go to each other. I'm not a therapist, neither are you. Mm -hmm. But we'll ask each other for advice. And it's, to be frank, it's awesome, but it's stupid. We should be asking therapists for advice, people that have trained themselves over years. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, it's, it goes back full circle to what we were talking about before. It's an abuse pattern, right? Is we've trained ourselves and allowed that kind of self-love to be the thing that we tolerate. And we're saying every time that we go back to the, the bad thing, we're saying that, well, we're strong enough to overcome it. Yeah. Even we didn't overcome it the first 12 times. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then we go back into it thinking we can finally do it this time. Isn't that, what's the, I forget the exact definition of it, but there was somebody who's like, there's the definition of being insane is to go back to the same thing, expecting a different result. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what a lot of us do is we go in and we, but try it, something. is it possible though? Cause like people do change, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Say a relationship doesn't work out, revisit mm -hmm. it in three years. I've had a lot of growth. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it could be different, mm -hmm. but I think you would have a lot of growth over the other person. It's do they want to change? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You wanted to change every time something mm -hmm. like happens to you, you always put a new goal in your head and you like actively chase it mm -hmm. till you've accomplished that goal and made yourself infinitely better than you were. Mm -hmm. So that's not a everyone has you. that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Almost nobody has those qualities. Yeah. They usually, you. I'm refer an anomaly. You are. <laughs> You're so special. <laughs> no, to be fair, I think you guys are both anomalies. I think there's. So are you. Yes. Okay, we didn't want to say that. that. I didn't want to boost your ego. Oh, oh my God. Oh, let's talk about that for a quick second, should we? Yeah. The worst compliment of all time is when somebody goes, I don't want to boost your ego. It's like, well, don't even fucking say anything at yeah. that point. Here's we it's, talked about. Did we talk often? about this on the podcast or was this in real life? We talked about it in real life. Maybe we've talked about it in the pod, but I, we definitely talk about it in real life. When people ha people have a tendency to when they compliment, I don't know what it is about people that they have a hard time complimenting people. Yeah, and when they do it, it's kind of a backhanded compliment where they have to be like, for example, Pearson. Obviously, we all know he's a good looking guy. Whenever our guy friends bring him around, their girls. They always have to point out how good looking he is <laughs> as an insecurity on themselves rather yeah. than be like, oh, yo, this is my buddy Pearson. Right. I have girls over. I'm like, yeah, I know fucking Pearson's a good looking dude. He's got six pack abs. He's got blue, blue eyes. He's mm -hmm. got a beautiful smile. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, I could go on. Mm -hmm. Let's go on. But never am I. Never do I point that shit out. Like, yeah. I'm like, yo, yeah, this is my roommate Pearson. What's good? Right. You know, like treat him as a human being. There's always this like. <laughs> Literally. There's that, literally, it's, so it's simple. like, oh, here's, here's my boy. Uh, this is Pearson. You know, don't take your shirt off, Pearson. Or, right. There's always that little jab. jab. There's the, ah, that jab. Ah, ah, and it's you like, know? wait, yeah. don't, well, you, don't you know that I would not go after the same person that you're going after? Like, I have girl, respect for my friends. And if your friends. girl wants to leave me for you, not do, I don't want to be with that fucking girl. Yeah, for mm -hmm. real. Go ahead, bro. Yeah. Like, I don't give a shit. That's a very confident mindset, though, that you have. That you I don't mean, I have confidence in out. myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. For insecure. example, that girl I brought over the other night, mm -hmm. uh, she DM'd my buddy, and he he brought it up to me. He's like, "Yo, like she DM me," and I was like, "What? Dude, go for it." Yeah. I was like, I, "I'm not dating her or anything like that." I was like, "Go ahead, bro." Like, Did she really? Yeah. And I was oh, like, "So annoying." It's. I mean, I don't care. Yeah. I was like, he's like, he's like, are you like? 
talking to her and i was like no not anymore <laughs> no, like what? i fell asleep <laughs> yeah oh. <laughs> no offense but like it was it was just a hookup you yeah. know like that's what it was it's nothing more than that like yeah. she, she i mean if she wants to find like she might be searching for more than that you know yeah. i'm not she knows mm-hmm. that so maybe that's why she confided in you but i don't want to be i never wanted to be with that person yeah. and if she's willing to do that then mm-hmm. i definitely don't want to be with that person you yeah know what I'm saying yeah I think it's that same insecurity that goes back to what we initially said is like the compliment mm-hmm. of the the delineation of your compliments. As soon as you go, you're like, you're really beautiful. I mean, I don't want to boost your ego. I know you're already, you, you, you know, know, you're beautiful, beautiful yeah. but like, it's like the next, I don't want to boost your ego. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like, it definitely limits people from even complimenting yeah. because I mean, just compliment. It, well, it always goes back to this because girls love compliments, right? Right. Yes. But but if you tell a girl yes. she's beautiful, uh-huh. she's her, like they kind of don't care because they've heard right. that a hundred times. So it's yeah. like it deters you from even saying like, what's the point of me telling you you're beautiful when you fucking know you're beautiful and every guy says you're beautiful. So it's like you need to make a compliment that stands out. Like, oh, mm-hmm. you have a really nice spray tan today, Saxon. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I do. It's like noticing a girl when she gets a haircut. They're like, oh, my God. I fucking noticed yeah that i cut my hair <laughs> <laughs> well yeah it's that you notice things about them that other people don't see people just want to feel seen mm-hmm. and i think with the compliment thing like okay if all the love you have to give is in a cup right mm-hmm. and they only have half if they give you a little bit and you don't give it back they just lost some do you know what oh, i mean yeah absolutely. but if you have enough love that it's like overflowing then you can give compliments and it doesn't hurt you yeah but if you only have this much and you're like piercing you're handsome then it went down and if you don't say anything they got to take it back how do you how do you feel that's a good point how do you feel about the why do we as a society like yo pearson you have really nice eyes typically Mm -hmm. as a society pearson would respond by oh dude i like your shoes yeah you know why do we feel like we have to give a compliment back when we receive one and is it bad to (laughs) not but oh dude thank you man appreciate that you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. is it is it disrespectful to not compliment back no no, I think I. Th- you know what? You know what's an even rarer quality, to be able to accept the compliment. Mm-hmm. How many- I know. Yeah, I'm very like, oh, thanks, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like bashful. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hate getting compliments, bro. You have great style. Thank you, Pearson. <laughs> you really mean it. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Since it came from you. Thanks, man. You know what I'm saying, baby. <laughs> if it was from up. anybody else, I would have said, "Fuck off." Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true though. Is like I think. I think it's it's really challenging for people to to actually take a, a receive mm-hmm. love, uh, just a compliment. It's something as simple as a compliment. I don't know why. I think we just it's bad training. It's bad emotional intelligence on our parts. But I think the ability to allow somebody to bless you mm-hmm. without expecting anything in return or having to give something back mm-hmm. yeah. is actually really cool. I've I've found that what makes me happy is making other people happy. Like yeah. When people leave positive comments on my videos or I made their day or this, that, and the other, giving someone a gift and seeing their reaction, that shit makes mm-hmm. me happy. I don't, I feel very uncomfortable receiving gifts, receiving compliments. It's just, yeah. cause I don't, I think people expect a reaction. Right. Um, I don't know. It's, it's very interesting. It takes you, training. Yeah. For sure. Do you feel like every time someone gives you something, they're wanting something in return? Uh, no, I mean, I've trained my mind to always know that I'm going to be the one being fucking used out here in LA. (laughs) Pretty much. We have some healing to do. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, dude, how many people have entered and exited my life after, you know, we talked about this the other day. It's Mm -hmm. like when 
I, I realized now that I'm at a valley in my career, I was at a mm -hmm. peak a couple years ago. Now that I'm at a valley, I'm seeing who really fucks with me for who I am yeah. versus what I have. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like back when I was crushing it and people were wanting to be in my Instagram skits to me at the time, I didn't see it. I was like, Oh dude, hell yeah. Like they want to be in my videos. Fuck yeah. Sick. Yeah. Yeah, they wanted to be in my videos because they were getting three to six million views a video and they were growing 20,000 followers from it. Right. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Until looking back now when I'm like, hey, can I, can, will you be on my podcast if they're more popping than me? And they're like, ooh, this is, but like, excuses. Excuses. And it's mm -hmm. like, oh, like, if I would hit you up two years ago, you would, you would have dropped <laughs> what you were doing. Yep. But now I'm, I'm not as higher of a value to you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you don't want to be on my thing. It's yeah. like, it's not worth your time. Yeah. Which sucks, bro. Mm -hmm. I think that, I mean, we share the same probably pain in that because it's, it's a loss of friendship. It's a, it's a loss mm -hmm. of like, you don't value me for me. Yeah. And that's what it feels like. I learned that early on back when I was dating Vic and it was, it was a pain in the ass because I had so many people hitting me up all the time and I had so many people pulling on me for different reasons. And obviously we had just done the movie, so there was heat on me, but there was also heat on me because of the girl that I was with. Mm -hmm. And so I was constantly in her shadow of mm -hmm. being like the lesser one. And then as soon as I broke up with her, it was a moment of, okay, now suddenly the narrative has shifted and now you're not as hot as you used to be. Now the same people that were hitting me up Don't stopped hitting me up. Yeah. The same promoters that wanted us all to come out and like go to a show or like go to the club or anything like that, they don't hit me up anymore. That's crazy. But now, now I've got a movie again. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I had the series, I had another series, and so that brought my heat back. But now I've got a big movie, and so yeah. all those people from way back in the day are suddenly now on the on my dick again. Yeah, and you're like, oh, relax, and on a bro. smaller scale, I guess, really stand by. Like if you're listening. Stand by the people that celebrate your wins, but are also there for you at your L's. Yes. Because mm -hmm. um, that's the true test of like mm -hmm. a homie. You know what I'm saying? And I think it gets clouded a lot in our industry more so than other industries. Yeah. I'm sure people could still relate to, mm -hmm. you know, similar situations in their their own lives. But I think it's more of an L.A. thing. A yeah. S social status thing. Yeah. Um, which fucking blows. But I, 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 to compliment that, I was going to say like more than just they celebrate your wins and they are there for you when your losses, but they champion your losses. Mm -hmm. That I think that's a, that's a good distinction between somebody that's trying to like relish in your negativity yeah. versus somebody who's like, damn, that sucks, bro. Let's do better. Yeah. Let me, let's, let's figure out a way to do it better next time. Mm -hmm. That's somebody that is like a true, true circle person. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, my movie comes out July 3rd. It's available on Amazon. It's called the donkey King. My, I play Shazad, mm -hmm. the tiger. Um, thank you, Saxon, for being on the episode. Thank you for having me. Pearson, thank you for sitting there and just looking beautiful, not to boost your ego. And we will see you guys next week with a brand new episode. Hit that subscribe button, drop a like, and enjoy. Engage in the comments below. Thanks, guys. Yee yeah, yee. Yeah. Peace. Say, give us one. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. We